welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am joined tonight with my new friend that I'm, we were just venting about motherhood together. So I feel like we're like officially soulmates now. <laughs> Jill Zambon, welcome Jill to the Honest as a Mother podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Isn't it so funny how like, I mean, we've emailed back and forth, but like, I've never met you obviously in person, but like, this is our first time like face to face. And it's like, when you're a mom, like instant connection, she was like, how are you? And I just like had such a chaotic night with Scarlett because it was her first day of JK. And like, she gets me. She's like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, I've totally done that. And it's just like, I just find it so amazing how like you can never not have a connection with another mom. Agreed. Well, even before we got on, I was thinking, I'm like, man, I like, I feel like I already know you. We've only chatted a little bit online mm -hmm. and like some emails, but I'm like, I feel like I already know her. It's so weird. Well, I'm glad because that just means that our conversation will just be easy breezy. That's right. Um, yeah. So for anyone maybe that's listening that doesn't already know you, will you give yourself just a little intro? Give us a little something. Sure. So my name is Dr. Jill Zambon. I do have a doctorate in healthcare administration. I got that before I turned on this entrepreneurial juice um, about a year and a half, two years ago. And currently I am building a business to help single parents. So I'm an author and a speaker primarily. I do have some projects going on kind of behind the scenes that'll help with housing and job placement for single parents. Um, but I really stumbled upon this because I hired a mentor who said, hey, you know, you've been successful as a single parent. That's something you could really share with other single parents. And, and like, that is your gift and that's what you should be doing. And so I started down that path about a year ago and that's, that's where I'm at now. And I love it because I think like moms need to help each other, period. But then I just feel like single moms are like, another species of moms, right? Where sometimes like from what I gather from a few of the single moms that I've had on the podcast, a few that I know in my life, sometimes they feel like they don't always fit with non-single moms or moms in yeah. some sort of a relationship. And so I think that it's great that they have somebody like you where you can be like, I've, I've done that. And here's like what I think could help you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. Well, okay. So one of the questions I've got for you is, have you always been a single mom? Like, tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I, um, let's see, I get out of the Navy. I was an engineer in the Navy for five years. I got out of the Navy in 2011 and, uh, my life quickly picked up speed. So I got out in 2011 I was divorced <laughs> so that the man I was with the whole time I was in the, in the military, I got divorced in 2012. Um, turns out we could not live well together. So I was on deployment most of the time that we were married. Mm. And then when we had to live together, we were like, Oh my God, we don't really like each other. <laughs> um, so I got divorced from him. And then within a few months I met this other guy and you know, his, my, my hairdresser was his cousin and she begged me and begged me, we hang out with him. I was like, no way. And finally she's like, he's really funny. He's really nice. He has a good job in a house. And I'm like, okay, like I'll hang out with him one time. So 
hung out with him one time. He was funny. He was pretty charismatic. And I'm like, okay. So we started dating, got pregnant, like mm, four to six months into the relationship. Um, but we were both very stable. Like we both had really good jobs. Obviously I lived with them at this point. Um, and you know, we had money, we had jobs and everything was stable and like, definitely thought we were in love. Everything looked great. So started planning a wedding, um, had my daughter and it was literally, it was like the flip of a switch overnight. So I went from this plan to get married. I was very content. We were going to add on to his house. Like I literally thought that that was it. Like this was Mm -hmm. my life. I finally met the one and I was finally going to settle down. My parents have always said like, you know, I would live like a gypsy if I could. I don't like to stay in one place for long. I have a very, um, I don't know, adventurous heart. It's I've always been that way. And for me to finally say like, I'm going to settle down with this person. I'm going to stay in one place and, you know, not keep going around everywhere. Uh, was huge step for me. So Long story short, it was um, a couple weeks before our wedding, and I found a text in his phone that was clearly not meant for me to read, and um, the rest of the text before it had been deleted, so I kind of knew, like, that's a little odd, because the woman mm-hmm. had been the photographer for our wedding, and they had been friends, so I knew they had been talking about the wedding, among other things, right, um, and so when I confronted him about it, he denied it, but I just had this gut instinct. Like this isn't right. Like something is so off. She was married too. So she had been married six months prior. And I just said, you know, a married woman doesn't accidentally send this text to someone who's engaged with the baby. Like this just doesn't make sense. So I backed out of the wedding. Um, and like my life fell apart in two weeks, in two weeks, I, lost the engage like the engagement I called it off um you know all the money we had thrown towards that wedding was gone um I had no home he had driven a wedge between my father and I and I had always been a daddy's girl so I kind of reluctantly <laughs> crawled back to my dad and said hey you know the wedding's off and like I need a place to go with this baby right so she was 10 or 11 months old at the time Um, and my dad is like, of course you can come stay with us. So they had since downsized because all of us kids had grown up and moved out. So they only had a one bedroom house. (laughs) So he said, you know, we've got a futon in the back, like room, there's a little room off the deck. And I'm like, whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll just have to stay there. So I grabbed her diaper bag. I grabbed a duffel bag for me and we, I was sleeping on a futon with a brand new baby not even functioning. Like I look back at that time in my life, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. Like uh, my weight, I, I was emaciated. I weighed like 120 pounds, which is about like 30 pounds less than I am now. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and somewhere though, inside, I knew that either I was going to let this beat me or I was going to figure out how to like get my life back on track. And so I knew that money was going to be an issue. Like here I was, I had this kid that I had to take care of and I needed to figure out how to make more money so I could buy a house and like get out of my dad's house. I did not want to stay at my dad's house long. So, um, somehow in the middle of all this, like I had gotten a new job, I got a higher pay. I went and bought a house 
pretty quickly, but you know, the thing about me and I think a lot of single moms is we don't take the time to grieve. So now it's like eight, nine years later after all this has happened. And now I'm finally able to reflect back and be like, oh my God, do you know what happened? And you, and I've just been like grinding it out for eight years, like trying to get my life together. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been a single mom since before she was even one. Wow. And I was like, just picturing it like, okay, totally not the same thing at all. But I, we had to move back into my dad's house when I was pregnant with my daughter and my son was like almost two. And, uh, while we were waiting, like, cause we had closed our first house and then this house wasn't available yet. So there was like this two month period where we stayed at my dad's and like, that was chaotic. <laughs> it was horrible. Like, I love my parents and I am so grateful they did that. And, you know, I know they would do it again and again and again, but like to not have our space and to be sleeping on something that wasn't mine and like doing a makeshift room for my kid and like, when you're trying to like transition into motherhood and like you, I don't know, there's part of me that always wanted things to be like stable because you have this kid and you're trying to like create this beautiful life. And like, that would be so hard and so chaotic that, but then also what else do you do? Yeah. So I can see how you wouldn't have the time to grieve that. And then probably like you're saying like eight, nine years later, it's like, well, shit, (laughs) like that's, that's a lot. That's a lot for one person to take on. Yep. A lot. Well, you know what? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Single moms are incredible. I, you guys are like, just, I feel like there's like moms and then there's like single moms because I was raised by a single mom. And now like looking back on it, like, I don't know. I would do it. Obviously I would do it if, you know, I didn't have my husband, but like, I don't know how I'd do it. Yeah. I mean, we feel like that too. You know, yeah. we wake up some days like, how am I going to do it today? Because we have like, today was a down day for me. I woke up, I was not in a good mood. I'm like stressed, right? Screaming at my daughter. And this morning I'm like, how am I going to get through this day? But we did, like, I just focus on, we ended up, um, <laughs> my windshield got a crack in it. So let's get it done yesterday, fixed yesterday. They called, they're like, your new replacement also had a crack, so you have to come the next day. So we show up today to get it. They're like, what are you talking about? You don't even have an appointment. It's not here. So like the day just kind of spiraled from the, from the morning. And I was like, okay, that's it. This is not going to ruin my day. We're going to go to the mall because I'm going to be on a reality TV show in like two weeks and I don't have anything to wear because we've all been working from home, right? Yes. Like I don't have anything yep. to wear. Sweatpants. Oh my God. Right. So I'm like, this is like a once in a lifetime thing. I can't just roll in there with, you know, pair of jeans. So I'm like, we're going to go to the mall. We're going to go to like, there's a nice chocolate store. We'll go get some nice chocolates and go to lunch. So like we made the best of it and the day ended up well, but I tell you like, sometimes you have got to like dig deep to be a good mom. Like, mm-hmm. but you don't have a choice. You know what I mean? Like you don't have a choice to show up every day. So yeah. It's, that's what I mean. Like truly when I think about my mom and when I think about like stuff that I go through as a mom right now, like 
at least I have my husband to lean on a little bit, right? Where I'm like, you know what, Uh, this is really stressing me out. I'm having a really hard day. Like I need you to make dinner. I think like my mom never had that. It was like, she had a really long shitty day, but she still had to come home to us bratty kids and make us dinner, even if she didn't want to, even if she probably wanted to like give us to another family. It was like, she didn't. (laughs) And she made us dinner and we, I never noticed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is a whole other conversation. Okay. So another thing I wanted to ask you is let's talk about when your daughter was little. I know Mm. she's still kind of little Yeah. when she was much smaller, but like, so when you're in one of those, like, I don't want to do this days, Mm. like what were one of those days? Like, like, what did that look like for you? And like, how did you, how do you power through? Yeah. I mean, for me, so the other thing when I, first became a single mom is I also had to learn how to get sober. So Mm. I do, you know, alcoholism runs in my family and I was lucky to inherit that gene. Um, but I liked alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, men, like for me, it all came together as one nice package. And so after this breakup, um, I obviously stayed sober through the pregnancy. And then when I was trying to breastfeed and everything, and then even through the, like living with my dad, because my dad's um, sober too. But when I got my own house, it did not take long to revert back to those old ways. So my daughter used to go with her dad every other weekend. And I would basically just go on vendors. Like it was so bad, but it didn't last long, like six months. That was it. And I was like, I just woke up one morning and I'm like, okay, this is it right? You're either going to give her the same upbringing you had, or you're going to make the change right now. Mm -hmm. And so I did. And so now I've been sober for like six or seven years. Um, and you know, first that was the first thing I had to get through, like, and, and (laughs) trying to be sober, trying to learn how to be a mom and getting back up on my feet, right. All at the same time. I literally, I don't know how I made it through that. Right. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I signed up and I also signed up for doctorate school at that time because I knew if I had a distraction from the alcohol, like that, that would help me. And that's always helped me as having a distraction to keep me busy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't even know, like sometimes I, I don't even know what drives me. Sometimes I'm just like, I, you know, you have to do it. Like there's no turning back. (laughs) It's incredible though. If you ever look back at it, like I'm sure you're kind of doing that right now when you look back at it and you're like, like you're so strong. Like I am so strong. And I know that we can say that sometimes, but do you ever find like, you can just look at back at that and you're like, holy crap. Like, yeah. And think about what you've taught your daughter with that strength. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's really, it's incredible to be honest. Like I don't, I have never had to, you know, become sober. I've never struggled with anything like that, but I have people in my family who do. So I've seen it and motherhood, like all joking aside would send people right back yeah. down that dark spiral. Yeah. Like motherhood makes me want to drink and I don't drink yeah. really percent. you know, so good well, for I mean, you. It's incredible for people. Like I see other people, Oh, you know, you've had a bad day. You go home and have a glass of wine to wind and relax, right? Like a normal person, that's what they can do. 
I would love to be able to do that, but it's like, you have to rebuild a whole new way of coping. And then, oh, by the way, here, you've got this kid with you too, that needs you 24, seven, 365 mm. while you're trying to figure out how to cope with life without alcohol and drugs. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I have a question I just thought of, do you feel like that played into the whole piece of like losing yourself in motherhood like you almost were like reborn like an entirely different person you became a single mom you were sober you put yourself into doctorate school like you were building everything up from nothing Mm -hmm. you probably felt like an entirely new person like some of us do in motherhood which is a great thing sometimes but like that must have been such a huge identity shift. Yeah. I yeah, and I'm still in it because now I'm trying to transition over to um building wealth and becoming a millionaire and and really accumulating generational wealth for my daughter because mm-hmm. I like over my dead body will she have to go through what I went through. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was a single mom, her mom was a single mom. This is a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the alcoholism is a generational thing. Abuse chaos is a generational thing. I'm like, no, this has to stop. And like, I don't know. I'm so determined to create a nest egg for her, but there's this internal conflict when you're becoming a new person. Right. So I was raised like, you know, in a trailer park and my mom lived in a pretty like poor town. I grew up in a poor town. I went to a pretty, like one of the worst schools in Vermont. (laughs) So, you know, I didn't, I basically like when I really stop and think about it, all the, all the odds were stacked against me. Right. And I'll have people Mm -hmm. tell me that, like, do you, they're like, do you even understand that having divorced parents where you lived your, you know, socioeconomic status, this, 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 all these things are really stacked against you. But I've never defined my, myself that way. Right. I'm like, okay. And I think that is the secret to how far people go in life. If you let all those things define you, if you listen to the statistics, right. About like alcoholism, alcoholic, single moms, like the, the chances of you being successful are pretty low, but I'm just like, no, I'm not going to accept that. Right. And so, yeah, I was re I've been reborn multiple times over the last few years. Um, and it only continues to, to evolve and it's uncomfortable, right? Like I would say to anyone that's trying to shift, it is uncomfortable. Um, just as any growth is right. When you're growing up as a kid, there's different pains in your body. As you grow as an adult, as you grow and evolve as a person, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, super uncomfortable, but also incredible. And then like, you're breaking like generational trauma, you're breaking all of those awful cycles. And you're just, I just feel like, cause I'm right with you. Like I'm trying to change myself for the better so that I can teach my children that like all of these things that I thought I was, or I needed to be, or all these things like, no, that they can be whatever they want, be whoever they want. And, you know, I want to create this like stability and just, I just want something different. You know what I mean? I'm just like, no, we're done here. We're going to, we're going to chop off the cycle. It ends here and we're going to start, we're going to start a new one. And 
maybe they'll think it's awful, but I think it's much better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You at least have to try, you know? Heck yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So then another question that I did get, actually, someone wanted me to ask you, what does a village look like to you? So I have a single mom that specifically asked me because she doesn't feel like she has a village. Yep. And I can imagine, like, I mean, uh, once again, I have a village. I don't know how I do this motherhood gig without them. Right. And there are so many moms, especially single parents, yeah. um, who don't have the village because maybe they lost it in the divorce or there was a death or whatever the case may be. So I'm curious, what did your village look like for you? And if you didn't have mm-hmm. one, how did you get one? Yeah, I had none. Um, when I got sober, I moved away from the town where my family lived. Um, basically, we cut them off. And I was like the black sheep in the family. They were not happy with me, but I was like, I don't care. I'm doing this. I'm getting sober. I'm moving away. I'm focusing on my job and my kid, and that's it. Um, so just recently, actually, through my business, have I been like, okay, who do I want around me? Like, let's stop letting people just wander in and out of my life. Let's be intentional about whom, who I want to allow. And so through the co-authoring book, the way I structured it is that people pay a fee to be part of the project. Mm -hmm. And I set the fee at a point that only women who are um, at a certain point in their career, in their life, will be able to join, right? Part of that is I need those women to join me on a stage and teach other women who are struggling kind of our blueprint, like what worked for me might not work for another person, but they could hear one of my other ladies up there on the stage and say, oh my God, I really identify with her. That path would work for me, right? Um, Through that, that's my network now. That right there, I'm actually building my own support network. So they're not here. They're not right next to me to like take my daughter or anything like that, but they're there to help me just like better myself and support me. And I can talk about things that my family probably they're like, yeah, we don't want to hear about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be my advice. You got to build your own single moms. We are, we're a rare breed, especially if you're like a hard charger who, who wants more in life, who wants to elevate their life. Um, It is kind of hard to bond with married women sometimes just Mm -hmm. because like our, you know, thing. Life is different. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. About, you know, women that don't have kids and when they're complaining, like exactly. You don't like them and respect them, but you're like, oh my God, like, I'm sorry, but your problems, like, let me just tell you some problems. It's just different. I completely, I was literally thinking that exact thing. It's like having a conversation with someone that doesn't have kids and them complaining about their being tired. Like we were talking about earlier, right? (laughs) Like it's just different when, you know, I'm complaining that, you know, my husband didn't do this, that, or the other thing. And you're like, well, bitch, I wish I had a husband to do this. Didn't do this, that, or the things I have to all do it all myself. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so, you know what I mean? Like I completely, completely, you guys are like your own, like, that's what I had. And I had another single mom on and that's what she said. Like, I need more single mom friends because yes. when I hang out with my married friends, I feel like they don't get me. That's right. hundred mm-hmm. yeah. percent. That makes sense to me. Yep. 
So, okay. So I want to go to the co-author projects. I just, Mm -hmm. I just, well, my book, my co-authoring project book is releasing next month. Yay. So I just went through this. I have been a co-author myself last year. And then I was the lead author on this book. Um, It's called Honest as a Mother. Love it. And so I- I'm excited for you because this was such an incredible process. So like, was this just something that you came up with and you were like, I want this to almost be like a, a tool for single moms. And like you were saying where maybe just one mom will read all of the chapters chapters. Maybe she won't get every one of them, but there'll be one of them that sticks out and like really helps her move forward. Is that where yeah. you were going with it? Exactly. I love right. this. Yeah. I love yeah. this. Okay. Tell us more about it. Yeah. So I have always wanted to write a book, but I'm like, I don't want to read a whole book about my life. I'm just not there yet. Maybe eventually I'll get there. We'll see. But I was like, how great would it be to bring other single moms in and do a book about shattering the stigma of single motherhood? Because what, like, in addition to how hard it is to be a single mom, then you got people like, you know, I'll walk into a church and maybe people aren't judging me, but you feel the eyes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's another unwed woman with her child. And these people have just rolled no my eyes. fucking clue yeah. what happened in the background for me to be there as an unwed mom. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a church we went to in New Hampshire that we loved. And there was this nice couple that they were like elders at the church or whatever. They invited us over for Thanksgiving one year. And as we're leaving, you know, she said, the wife said some comment about like how lonely we must be on the holidays with just the two of us. And I said, we're not lonely. This is, this is how we've lived our life. You know, this is a couple of years oh ago, gosh. seven years. This is how we've lived our life. I said, it is more uncomfortable for us to come here and be around your huge family, right? And all of this commotion than it is for us to stay home. Like, this is what we do. We are our family. Whether mm-hmm. there's two of us or 10 of us, we are a complete family. And like, that is the number one thing I think I need to get across to people is like, it doesn't matter if you're a family of one, three, five, ten, like you can still be complete. And people just don't, I don't know. Like I feel like people sometimes really look down on single moms, especially mm-hmm. like married people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this whole book is about just shattering that stigma. It's about powerhouse women sharing their individual stories about how they have managed to persevere through it. We've got women that are entrepreneurs, um, women in education. We've got people in nutrition. We've got, you know, people with alcohol and drug addiction and people who don't. Right. So it's like a huge wide range. And the goal is, yeah, for someone to pick up that book and say, I resonate with this person. And each author has their own little like bio in the book with, you know, they can put a QR code or a like link to their personal brand where they can then sell their product or service and connect with that person. And then to take it a step further, October 29th, we're doing our first free transform your life workshop. We're keeping it short. It's virtual. It's three hours. Um, cause I know people are busy and it's really just to get the speakers up in front of everyone, share the stories, We're going to break down into smaller sessions and do a little more in-depth work with, you know, say you resonated with me, you could come to my workshop, right? Um, So we're going to start rolling those out too, but we're going to start having those conferences a lot more frequently because 
you know, I don't want to bash nonprofit organizations. I feel like they're doing what they can too, but here's the issue. It's just a bandaid, right? Like, yeah, you can give us diapers and diaper wipes and formula all day, every day, but that's not helping me get a job. That's not helping me get money. That's not helping me get a roof over my head. And that sure as hell isn't teaching me how to be a better parent or get sober. Like, Mm -hmm. can we please talk about the real issues? These women need good paying jobs that are also flexible. Um, They need housing that is affordable and is not section eight housing where it isn't safe nor productive to raise a child, right? You are not going to break generational curse, putting them in section eight housing right back where they probably came from. Like, um, so it's so crazy. This started as an idea to write a book and it's turning into this huge movement. I've got a meeting with the state of Vermont coming up pretty soon um, to talk about a potential housing project. And, you know, if that goes well, it's something I want to repeat through other states where, you know, women can buy into a nice home that's efficient, low maintenance. Like imagine as a single mom, not worrying about electric bills and like, you know, all of this stuff and just having a smaller Mm -hmm. efficient home that you can live in. So yeah, um, I'm trying to tackle like the, honestly, the big issues instead of putting a bandaid on everything. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear more about all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody stay tuned. Watch for Jill. She's coming. She's changing the world, but I think it's great. And those are the important things because you're right. Like there are so many things that we just put band-aids on. Right. And then you're not fixing the problem and these, you know, moms need support that's what we need but we also need action we need plans we need like real support not just I mean don't get me wrong if you require the places where you can get formula and diapers like those are great but again that's just a band-aid we're not fixing the fact that the mom can't afford to get formula exactly right yes you can give it out for free that's a solution to the problem but it's like a band-aid solution Mm mm-hmm yeah. I'm, yep. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear more about it. And I'm excited about this book because I tell you, I just finished, like my book is all almost done and I just finished reading and it's like so powerful to read mm-hmm. so many different women's experiences. Also incredible how you will read this book and you will be like, holy shit, like I resonate with that mom, even though it's like she's gone through something like, I don't know, crazy traumatic that you've never even thought of experiencing, but you feel and you empathize for her as a mom that it's like, you just get it. You just get it. End of story. Even though, again, it's nothing you've been through. It's just like, it's just the bond of motherhood is so incredible. And I think to then have like one that's based off of single motherhood even more incredible because like we just said sometimes single moms and you guys can't always relate and I think so to have like a book dedicated just to single motherhood it's I can't wait to read it I'm gonna read it yeah I can't wait to read yours either I'll send you one as soon as I get it I'll send it to you I haven't seen it yet so stand by (laughs) okay the other thing I wanted to ask you about is this reality tv show are you allowed to talk about this at all I can give some details, um, not a ton. So, 
Yes, it is a reality TV show. It is not on any major um, channels yet. They have their own app. So, you know, he's like, don't tell people that it's this huge thing. But I mean, I'm like, well, it's of course it is. This is exciting. I don't know anyone else that's been on a reality TV show, but it's for entrepreneurs. So it won't be like, you know, it's not gonna be like a Jersey Shore knockdown drag out like getting. I don't know. Like, I just want to see you just I don't know. I just want to see this. I want anything. Let's do housewives. Could you get like in a scrappy argument I with know, somebody? I know. <laughs> I know. Insult somebody's husband or something, you know, could right. we get like a real housewives moment? <laughs> yeah, I know. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would but- be. Yeah, it is. So it's like a pretty positive show. Um, They're very supportive of each other. And it's just a group of entrepreneurs. They go on. um, You go in front of judges. It's obviously a competition. Um, The host is Wes Bergman from Real World Austin. So the redheaded guy. Yeah, I was like, when I was in the interview, I was like, I used to hate like, oh my God. I was like, I think he was kind of a jerk in the show. But now he seems to have his shit together. So that's good. But I know when I actually first read your message. So a little backstory is that my best friend and I shout out to Rachel because I know she's listening. Um, we're obsessed with the challenge and the real world. And like if you know, if anyone from MTV listens, which they don't, but if they I'm did, Amanda up. Me yeah. We would like to I would like to reboost the real world. Yes. That was such a good show. And like why they took it away, I'll never know. But the challenge is also so good. But Wes is one of my favorites and also one of the ones I hate the most. And it just depends on like what season he, what, like who he is in that season. (laughs) Let's see if we like him or not yet. So I was telling her about your email and she was like, that is so fun. I, I love Wes. How can we get him on the podcast? And I was like, I don't think he has, I don't think he has children. So he's not coming on the podcast, (laughs) but it is very cool. I can't wait when you can actually tell us what it is or like when it's going to launch or anything, please let me know. I'm so yeah. tune in. I'm filming. So I leave, um, the 19th. So filming is September 19th to the 25th. And then it should take four to six weeks for them to edit and get it out to people. I'm so, so. excited. I will so tune in and I will make sure that all of the honesties of other people here that we all watch it. Cause we're all reality TV people. Yeah. Oh my God. I and I love a competition so reality TV. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. so excited. I'm so excited for you. You have so many cool things coming and you are just like going to change the world, especially for single parents. And so just like, thank you. And thank you. like, what is there anything else you've got going on that you want to share? Um, we talked about the book. So the book, I have a few spaces left for single moms that would, mm-hmm. that would be interested in sharing their stories in the book and also joining us as a speaker. Um, and then the free workshop transform your life on October 29th. And then will you send me a link to both mm-hmm. of these things and I'll put them in yeah. the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'll do that. Um, and then I'll let you know when the airing comes out for mm-hmm. the show. And I think that's about it right now. Um, I will be. Re- oh, is that all? That's all you've got going yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I will be. Um, if you put my Instagram handle in the notes mm-hmm. as well, I will start to release some information about the job placement stuff that's coming up and um, the housing 
project. That'll probably be longer term because I am working with the state. Obviously, takes a little longer. Always oh, it'll be longer. Worth it. Yeah, so, it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. I'm so excited. I will make sure all of this is in the show notes for everyone to access. Okay, well, to wrap it up, I do have one question for you. If there is a mom listening who is newly a single parent, mm-hmm. what would be a piece of advice for her? Find someone who has been through what you're going through and latch on to her because you're going to need someone to guide you like that. It's invaluable. I didn't have that. I didn't have anyone. Um, and if me eight years ago could have found a me now to like be my mentor, oh my God, I could have saved so much heartache and pain. That's such a good piece of advice. Yeah. We need each other. Absolutely. I think it's the same as like, just, you know, when we talk about, I don't know, motherhood in general, when say you are newly postpartum, if you have a friend who's newly postpartum, like I had my best friend who was newly postpartum, we would text each other in the middle of the night over how miserable we were that we weren't sleeping. Mm -hmm. But that helped me because she understood me and she was living what I was living so it was like misery loves company type thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we would assume it, it's the same, right? Like, but if you've had someone who's already been there, done that, they can empathize with you, but also be like, Hey, it gets better. And yeah. I know where you're at and you're going to be where I'm at soon. That's right. And you should, it's actually good. You brought up postpartum. So, um, I've had a few authors come through who did suffer with postpartum depression. That's not something I had, but my sister did experience it. Um, so I will say if you're a newly single mom and you're feeling like highly depressed, I mean, I don't even know the symptoms. I just know, like watching my sister, she was very up and down, um, a lot of depression. So I would just say like, if you're a newly single mom and you're in a really deep depression and you may even have postpartum, I would definitely recommend you go see a doctor, a therapist to get on some kind of medication. I don't typically take the medication route, but in this situation, if you have stopped functioning, if you're severely depressed, if you're not sleeping, like even I went on medication when this first happened, because I literally stopped functioning. Like I was not, there's nothing. Um, so don't be shy about getting the medical help that you need, because Mm -hmm. this is no joke. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot to carry by yourself. I love that. I love that advice too. We are, we are big fans of mental health awareness and I'm currently medicated and Mm -hmm. you know, I haven't been for most of my life and the last year I decided to, and I wish I would have decided that, you know, 10 years ago, because I realized like I could have, things could have been easier for me. And so I love that you said that because we just need to break all of the stigmas. If you're struggling, get help. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Where can everyone follow you, find you, all of the things? Of course. So jillzambon.com and then also at jillzambon on Instagram. Those are the best places to find me. Again, they'll all be in the show notes, but just, you know, we got to keep shouting it out. That's right. Well, thank you so much. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. 
I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.